the trumpet and loud let it ring, Jesus is coming again. Cheer up, you pilgrims, be joyful and sing, Jesus is coming again. This is the voice of prophecy, a voice crying in the wilderness of these modern days. Prepare ye the way of the Lord. Coming again, coming again, Jesus is coming again. From our Voice of Prophecy studios in Los Angeles, California, we welcome you to this half hour of inspiration at music, transcribed with the King's Heralds, Dill Delker, Brad Braley, and HMS Richards, the voice of prophecy speaker. Our first song calls to mind the scripture that says, My spirit shall not always strive with man. Genesis 6-3. The King's Herald sing the spiritual, My Lord's gonna move this wicked race. My Lord's gonna move this wicked race. This wicked This wicked race, race. Gonna, raise. gonna raise up a nation, shall obey, shall obey. Nicodemus, he desired to know, desired to know, yes, desired to know, desired to know. Nicodemus, he desired to know, how can a man be born again? Said to Moses on the mountain top, the mountain top, the mountain top. My Lord said to Moses on the mountain top, gonna stamp his law on Moses' heart. My Lord, my Lord's gonna move this wicked race, this wicked race, this wicked race. Lord's gonna move this wicked race. Going to raise. Going to raise. Heavenly Father, we desire to keep on praying terms with Thee. Open our hearts to Thy Spirit. Bless this broadcast to everyone who listens today, and guide us in the study of Thy Word. We pray in Jesus' name. There is a 
place of quiet rest near to the heart of God a place where sin cannot molest near to the heart of God Oh Jesus blessed Redeemer sent from the heart of God. Hold us who bow before thee, near to the heart of God. Amen. Wayne Hooper, our baritone, has a personal testimony for us now. The Lord gave me a song. I had no song and life was dreary. No hope had I to which to shall have a song 
clouds have been scattered, the sunlight appears. The rainbow of promise now shines through my tears. The Lord gave me a song. The Lord gave me a song. He banished my sadness and fear. Here now is H.M.S. Richards, the voice of prophecy speaker. His subject, the man God told to stop praying. How strange is that subject? Is not prayer encouraged from one end of the holy book to the other? Did not our Lord Jesus Christ say men ought always to pray? Luke 18.1 And the holy apostle commanded, pray without ceasing. 1 Thessalonians 5.17 Yes, prayer is commended in the Holy Scriptures. But God told a man to stop praying once. And that man was a good man too, a prophet of God. To make it emphatic, God's command for him to stop praying came to him three times. Who was the man? This man was naturally shy and retiring. But he went about the country preaching the truth. When he came home to his little village, his fellow townsmen tried to murder him because they did not like his talk. He left his hometown, went to the biggest city of the country. There another attempt was made to assassinate him. He preached the word of God with such pointed power that although he was a priest as well as a prophet, the other priests were angry with him. And the false prophets joined with them in demanding that the king have him put to death. He was thrown into prison, he was given a bad beating, finally cast into a miry dungeon from which he was barely saved in the nick of time by an Ethiopian with a long rope. His country was conquered by cruel invaders, he was taken by force of irregular partisan fighters of his own nation and dragged away to another land. That's the last we hear of him. Above all, this man was a man of God. Who was he? Jeremiah the prophet. Read the book of Jeremiah. You'll enjoy it. You'll want to finish it when you start. It's said that when D.L. Moody began to read the book of Jeremiah, he became so interested in it, he could think of little else. He would stop people on the street and tell them what Jeremiah did and what he said. Yes, he was a man of God, whom God told to stop praying, but why, how, and when? For the answers, let me give you the references. Jeremiah 7, 16. 11.14 and 14.11. We now notice these texts. Jeremiah 7.16. Therefore pray not thou for this people, neither lift up crying or prayer for them, neither make intercession for me, for I will not hear thee. Then God gives the reasons. See what they do, he says. They have forsaken me, the living God who called them out of Egypt. They have gone fully into idolatry and forsaken my word. This thing I commanded them, he says, Obey my voice and I will be your God and you shall be my people. And walk in all the ways that I have commanded you that it may be well with you. But they hearkened not 
nor inclined their ear, but walked in the counsels and the imagination of their evil heart, and went backward and not forward. They have set their abominations in the house, which is called by my name. That's verses 23 to 30. They were not satisfied merely to worship idols in the place of the true God. They actually set up idols in the temple of God. Reading on in the same chapter, we discover they had followed the terrible heathenism about them, had gone so far as to offer human sacrifices, giving their own little children to be burned in the red-hot arms of the great idol Molech. And here's the point of the whole story. God never refuses to hear real prayer. The reason for his refusal to hear the prayers of those people in ancient Jerusalem at that time was that their services were entirely formal. They were disobedient to God, breaking all his commandments, yet expecting him to answer their prayers. There was no true repentance of sin in their hearts. In plain words, the teaching of this scripture experience is that prayer is not a substitute for obedience. And that's for us to remember. It was useless for the prophet to continue to intercede for them when they fully and completely had set their hearts on disobeying God. Their prayers then were really an insult to him. They might cry to God when trouble came upon them. As a result of their disobedience, they might offer burnt offerings and sacrifices, but the Lord said, I will not accept them, but I will consume them by the sword and by famine and by pestilence, Jeremiah 14, 11. This all came to pass in fulfillment of the warnings that had been given them time and time again by God's prophets, especially Jeremiah. Jeremiah loved his people. He was brokenhearted because of their backslidings. Now we read Jeremiah 15, 1. Then said the Lord unto me, Though Moses and Samuel stood before me, yet my mind could not be toward this people. Cast them out of my sight and let them go forth. Why are those two men, Moses and Samuel, mentioned here? Because they were eminent in intercession, in praying for God's people. You remember on one occasion God's wrath against Israel? came because of the golden calf, and Moses pled with God in their behalf, and the people were spared. That's Exodus 32. A Samuel prayed for the people when the Philistines were about to destroy them, and God heard his prayer of intercession. These men were noted in Bible history as great intercessors. But now God's people had gone so far into idolatry and sin that even the prayers of these men would have been unavailing. This principle applies today, for prayer is not a substitute for obedience. Sacrifices to God, great offerings of money, time, influence, for God cannot take the place of obedience to his commandments. Man might live a life out of harmony with God's will and then build a large church in order to placate God. But God accepts no such service as that. The supreme sacrifice which he desires is a humble and contrite heart, an obedient spirit. In the 14th chapter of Ezekiel, verse 4, we read that when a person sets up idols in his heart and then comes and inquires of God, God will answer him, I'm quoting, according to the multitude of his idols. In other words, his own sins become his punishment. Those who come to God pretending to be his true worshipers and yet live in sin will find that their sins like heavy chains will drag them down to perdition. In this way, God answers a fool according to his folly. Proverbs 26, 5. Same thoughts in Romans 1, 28, where the apostle speaks of those who did not like to retain God in their knowledge. We think of the case of King Saul, who, when commanded to perform a certain mission as king of Israel, substituted something else, 
expensive sacrifices. And God said, to obey is better than sacrifice and to hearken in the fat of rams. That's reading 1 Samuel 15, 22. Yes, to trust and obey is God's plan. There was an old Bible woman of Leicester, England, who used to carry flowers to the hospital and talk with the people there, patients, nurses, even doctors, about their soul's salvation. One of the doctors said to her one day, Do you believe God hears our prayers? I'm hard up. If I ask him, will he send me five pounds? The old lady answered, If you were introduced to the Prince of Wales, would you immediately put your hand into his pocket? No, was the reply, not until I knew him better. Well, said the woman, You'll need to be a great deal better acquainted with God before you can expect such an answer as you wish. Those who know God and are obedient to all his word as far as they know it are subjects of intercessory prayer with the promise of life eternal. And this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he heareth us. And if we know that he hear us, whatsoever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we desired of him. That's John, 1 John 5.14. We may not understand all the mysteries of God's word and will, but my friends, if we are faithful and obedient to all the light we have, then we can be certain that the prayers of God's children will be heard and salvation will come to us. At the time Jeremiah received his message from God to stop praying for the rebellious nation as such, they had gone beyond the point where intercession would benefit them. So it's possible for today the same condition to come to a person, to be guilty of a sin unto death. When a man has rejected God's grace and Jesus Christ, how can others procure eternal life for him? On the cross, our Savior prayed for those who knew not what they were doing. Luke 23:34. Not for those who were willfully and knowingly rejecting the grace of God. Have we substituted something else? For God's command, listen, 
1 John 3.23. This is his commandment, that we should believe on the name of his Son, Jesus Christ, and love one another. Now, have we substituted something else for that? Do we try to put religious ritual, good as it may be in itself, even prayer, necessary as it is, in place of doing the will of God? Only one tiny grain of dust in the wrong place will interfere with the electric contact which makes telephone communication possible between New York and London. In our radio broadcast at this moment, that grain of dust may stop the program from reaching anyone who's anywhere in the world listening to a certain station. Is there a grain of disobedience destroying our contact with heaven, inhibiting the answers to our prayers? Dear friends, I believe this is a serious appeal that God makes to every one of us. Are we on praying grounds? Would God's prophet have been told to stop praying for us? Never forget, sin hinders prayer. It's only when true repentance and obedience come that the spell of judgment is lifted. As of nations, so of individuals, prayer is no substitute for obedience to God. We should both pray and obey. He who does the will of God, those who are obedient to all the light they have, are the ones who can come to God in faith. Those who are faithful to him while salvation lingers may find it. And while salvation is not of works, our works do portray whether or not salvation has found a place in our hearts. Have we obeyed the command of God to believers on his Son and to be believers on his Son? Have we repented and been baptized? Have we confessed the Lord Jesus Christ before the world? Have we obeyed the voice of the Lord in his word as far as it's revealed to us? If not, why not? Could it be that we have set up idols in our hearts? If so, let us tear them out by God's grace and walk in the path of his obedience so that our prayers may be heard before God.
Remember, God cares for you. Let us keep looking up, going forward in faith. Dear friends, remember that at the Voice of Prophecy, we pray for our friends who write to us, asking prayer. Every Thursday is specially prayer day. At 8 o'clock in the morning, our workers gather together, and we pray for those who have written to us during the week. That's our worldwide prayer service, and we would be happy if everyone listening now would write to us and tell us that they're praying for us at that moment. Have faith in God, though trials fierce assail. Have faith in God, nor intercession fail. Have faith in God, that prayer may still prevail. Have faith, dear friend in God. We hope that this transcribed program of ours has served to give you spiritual strength for the coming week. And we invite you to join us next week at this same time for another broadcast brought to you by the Voice of Prophecy. And to everyone, everywhere, we say now, the Lord bless thee and keep thee the Lord make his face shine upon thee and be gracious unto thee. The Lord lift up his countenance upon thee and give thee peace.